welcome to day 206 of Shaped by the Word. We've certainly enjoyed reading with you through the Gospels and the Epistles, and of course we're now back in the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Mark is a rich presentation of the person of Christ. It uh, really emphasizes the things that Jesus did, mm-hmm. and so even as the crowds look on, they say, he does all things well, you know, whether he's commanding nature or commanding disease or commanding demons or teaching, you know, the very heart of God, uh, they see in him something that they haven't seen, you know, in any of their teachers or any of their traditions. They see the grace and the heart of God as a father for his people. And so we come uh, today in the second part of, uh, you know, uh, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 6 mm-hmm. uh, to the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, this is, you know, in Matthew, it's in Mark. Uh, it's in Luke. Uh, it becomes, you know, kind of common to us, but it is, as Matt pointed out a couple of days ago, it uh, reminds us that he cares not only for our spiritual condition, but for our physical condition as well. And, of course, it's a reflection of how God fed his people mm-hmm. in the wilderness and continues to care for them richly. So before we uh, cover uh, the feeding of the 5,000, we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Matt, could you lead us? Yeah. Father, we do offer this moment to you as we turn to your word. Would you help us to see Jesus? I think of the the passage where the, the men declared, sir, we want to see Jesus, and, and that's what we want to see. Um, Father, and as we um, behold uh, you and your word, would you transform us into the image of Christ? Thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways in which you speak to us through it and continue to use it even today. Um, God, would you do that? Give us wisdom as we read. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Jesus has just sent uh, the disciples out to teach, and they're coming back really excited about the impact the gospel is having and the authority that he has given them that they've received from him. Uh, in order to perform miracles and to cast out demons. And so we find them, you know, gathering together in verse 30. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, uh, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were all like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go surrounding countryside and villages and buy something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups in green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And disciples picked up uh, 12 baskets of broken pieces and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. 
shortly before dawn, short, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage as I don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gesenerat and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplace. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. You have, you know, two wonderful pictures, you know, obviously of the compassion of Jesus. One is the disciples need rest, so he invites them into a quiet place uh, so that they can spend time together and be renewed in that rest. But as soon as they get there, people see where they're going and they run ahead. And even though it's in a remote place, he has compassion on them and, and he teaches them. So he feeds them spiritually. And then toward the end of the day, he has compassion once again and feeds them, you know, physically. So it's a nice, you know, a nice picture of his humanity and has deep care for the disciples, his deep care for the people, uh, and and of course, through that all, his deep care, you know, for each one of us. Kind of thinking of the disciples at this point, like he's about to take them to a quiet place so that they can rest and get some food. <laughs> Everybody follows them, and he's like, so are you going to feed them? <laughs> and they're like, wait, wait, wait. I thought you were going to feed us. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is such, like, an example of the disciples' um, hum- humanity and a reminder that, like, we can find ourselves so much in them. I mean, so much. And just, I would be... I would be right along with them, honestly, after coming from just such a, a big and um, also like draining probably time um, ministering after he sent us out, I would come back being energized, but also completely yeah. drained. And so um, the the idea that he would ask them to, to find them something, the crowd something to eat, it would be like, are you serious? But it's because their hearts were... Um, I enjoyed, know. you know, I enjoy the line. It would take half a year's wages. Do you yeah. want us to spend that much money? <laughs> Evidently, they had that much money. Yeah. Uh, but what you have, you know, what you have in this, you know, text is like we've seen in several texts and marks. Which resources are you looking to to meet the deepest needs? Are you looking to your physical resources? Or are you looking beyond those resources? You know, to God's resources. Mm. And uh, of course, that's the lesson he's teaching them. How are you going to minister to these people? Are you going to do it in your strength, by your resources? Are you going to rely on me? Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they learn in a big way that his resources are far more rich than any resources, you know, that we have. Mm-hmm. You have to love verse 34, too. You know, they they get in the boat, Jesus says, and, and I love the invitation before 34 where Jesus says, come with me, you know, come away with me and, and let's rest. Um that's a great invitation but then they get to the shore and when jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd and so he began teaching them many things and you just think of i mean so so many times throughout scripture and that that motif that runs throughout where you know god had appointed shepherds over his people but they turned out to be poor shepherds or selfish shepherds who were all about themselves and 
And you even have kind of prophecy after prophecy in the Old Testament pointing us to this day where God would bring about a good shepherd who would shepherd his sheep. Mm-hmm. And here it is, we're seeing it. You know, he, he lands and he sees this large crowd and, and you, you just get, you know, this, he can't help himself. He, yeah. he sees his people and the condition they're in and mm-hmm. he begins to teach them. And there's no doubt that that's a meta narrative, you know, within the prophets that uh, one day God himself would regather the scattered sheep. And, and of course, and you have in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, you know that picture, and of course, in the book of the Twelve as well, uh, where you know God Himself regathers His His sheep, and then He puts a a shepherd over them, and we begin to see the concern of the Father in here and having compassion on scattered sheep, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, they're scattered according to Isaiah. We all like sheep have gone astray; each of us have turned to our own way. So it's it's part of our doing. It's not you know just the shepherds around us but god is regathering his people he's having compassion on them and he began to teach them you know many things and of course you have that nice contrast of him caring for their spiritual needs and caring for their you know physical needs and and they're a nice you know nice piece there together as someone who i I really didn't start piecing things that happened in the old testament with things that happened in in the new testament until just a few years ago so that's somewhat new to me and i know that a lot of people who are listening are probably in the same boat no pun intended. Um, so, but um, <laughs> and they're out of the boat now. <laughs> but I think it's so fun, and I mean, I know that's like such a silly word to use, but it's so fun to see the connection between. It's not just Jesus feeding a bunch of people; it's Jesus showing that He is God because He provides food for this huge crowd of people, and it points us back to when god provided like you said earlier the manna and quail for the for his people in the wilderness and um i love that and earlier i was actually looked um back at like where that that whole sheep without a shepherd has been used and it was used in numbers when god is about to appoint joshua to lead the people into the promised land and like isn't there a parallel there like yeshua god is like i mean come on Right? Am I just making that go up? Go ahead, go with it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Moses wasn't able to do it because of his sin, right? Because of the choice that he made. And so God was going to provide a new leader, Yeshua, to lead the people into the promised land. And here we have God providing the leader that that Joshua was pointing toward, right? A, kind of a shadow of. I'm getting no, blank stares no, from my you're, husband. You're, 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 doing, you're, <laughs> you're, do, you're doing very well. I mean, for those of you who have not had any Aramaic or Hebrew, uh, Katie is you know, pointing to the fact that uh, the word Joshua, Yeshua, and the word Jesus are identical in Hebrew. Both of them are Yeshua. So you yeah. do have uh, Joshua as a foreshadowing of Jesus leading you know, the people into the promises of God, and you have the same reference you know, in their need for a shepherd. So you've done well in spite of the stares. Yeah. I saw your husband staring <laughs> yeah. at you as well. I was just you, you've done well. You've done well. I was just going to see if you could bring it to the other side and you nearly got there. You nearly <laughs> no, got my favorite there. is when she's yeah. like, she's so confident and she's, and you're saying everything. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's good. And she's like, wait, right. Right. Well, your nonverbal yeah, no. feedback, you need to work on it, but that's okay. Yeah, and we can't do marriage counseling in 15 <laughs> right. shape by the word. Time. We uh, only have it, a few it, it, all, of, all of this. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, you, and you have those two big images. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the image of him feeding the people in the same way God fed the people in the wilderness, and you also have him 
being the shepherd that mm-hmm. is regathering his people mm-hmm. in order to lead them into a fuller realization of the promises of God. So the Exodus was a picture of you know, uh, regathering people from exile in order to restore their fortunes mm-hmm. as well. So it is. And then, and then we get in the boat. So yeah. now, now we're back in the boat uh, together. <laughs> and, and you have another thing that we ought to notice, you know, about Jesus' humanity. You know, one was his care for the disciples and trying to get them off mm-hmm. by themselves in order to invest in them. His care for the people and teaching them and feeding them, but also, you know, his deep need to be in fellowship with the Father. So he withdraws to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, he realizes this is kind of a you know, a situation that could be explosive. He's fed the people. The disciples are enamored with the fact that he's fed the people. So he gets the disciples on the boat, and he dismisses the crowd, and he goes up to be alone with God. Which he hasn't had a chance yet to grieve um, the news about John the Baptist, right? Do you think that's what he was doing? Or I feel like in other Gospels, it kind of makes it a little more clear that that's what he was needing to get away to do, but... I'll let you handle this on the map. (laughs) (laughs) No, it might be Luke, but one of them does say, you know, and then Jesus heard the news about John and that this event follows. Whether or not that's what he does on the mountain, I I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's among other things. Yeah, I mean, we know just from how Jesus has responded previously in Mark, you know, that we've been reading that, I mean, when he hears about the death of someone he loves, or you think of even when Jesus, you know, comes to the tomb of Lazarus and and he responds the way he does, you know, that he wasn't, unconcerned about these things and, mm-hmm. and so yeah hearing about the death of john the baptist would have you know caused jesus to grieve and and um whether or not he was up on the mountainside you know grieving that or right. I, yeah i think we just see this is jesus craves the communion of his father and and we see this from time to time where he and, and would, also deeply needs communion yeah, with yeah. his father yeah. in order you know, to, you know to clarify his mission and of course this is to me a you know, mission clarifying Mm-hmm. moment because you know the signs are the signs you know from the old testament the compassion he has the compassion of the old testament and you have the crowds seeing interpreting the signs and you have the disciples seeing and interpreting the signs and and so he sends them both in two different directions because the kingdom is going to take a much different shape than they're anticipating mm-hmm. and so he goes back to the father you know to clarify you know as you know as it right after baptism you know where he's with the father along with the father mm-hmm. clarifying his mission being you know being tempted you know by the uh, by the enemy yeah and how crazy it's so crazy to us reading that his disciples don't recognize him while he's walking right i mean they thought it was a ghost <laughs> but i mean if i saw somebody walking on the water in the middle of the sea i would I would, or the lake, or whatever it is. I would yeah. definitely. You would immediately say out. Jesus. I'd say, "Hey, Jesus!" What's yeah. That? yeah. No. No. It, it uh, obviously in the, in their panic and in processing things that they had never seen before. Uh, you know, it it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're sensory overload. I mean, they were fishermen. They they've seen yeah. a lot of stuff on the lake. You know, mm. it's not like this was their first time out on the boat, and it's. Yeah, man, we're spooked by storms here or there. Like they, they would have lived on the lake in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah, to see someone walking, I mean, they've seen Jesus do a lot of things, and yet you kind of, I, I love that Mark includes this because over and over again, you get even just the 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 honest, genuine response of the disciples, although they had been with Jesus, you know, they and they'd seen him do incredible things. They continue to see him do even you know more incredible things, yeah. and, and you just get this honest, heartfelt response. 
and it said they were completely amazed. He got in the butt, everything calms down. Uh, they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, their hearts were hardened. Yeah. And of course, that's a description of us in spite of what we have seen of Jesus. Our instincts are not to fully trust him the way that we should. Uh, based on who he's been for us in the past, based on how scripture has revealed him. And, and so many times we're in danger of the same thing, of being exposed to uh, you know, a lot of the wonderful things that uh, you know, Christ has done, but not seeing through those things to who he is and how completely uh, we can rely on him. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful, um, poignant end uh, to that. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for who Jesus is, and we thank you for his power over wind and waves, and we thank you for his ability uh, to go beyond our resources and meet our deepest needs. Uh, but we thank you, Father, more than anything else, that he is the one who lived the life we could never live, died the death that we should have died, and has risen from the dead to guarantee our future and to give us life here and now. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen.